Father, we pray that our time together may be blessed with your continued presence and that your spirit may be a blessing to us as we receive your word that you have inspired by the Spirit of Christ. That you will accomplish all that you set out to do with it and that we would rejoice in what you do. We may find that joy in our own lives. We're called to honor the Son who is also our Lord. So may you accept our prayer for Christ's sake. Amen. We're turning to Romans chapter 6 this morning, reading verses 15 to 23 in the New Testament. Those with, who are with us online, we welcome you with us too. Glad that you could be with us on this Lord's Day. And we're going to be looking at uh, another portion of the Christian confession, namely that we believe in Jesus Christ, uh, God the Father's only begotten Son and our Lord. And that's in Lord's Day 13 where we find the focus of that in the Heidelberg Catechism, one of the confessional standards that we follow. We'll be speaking about another, or a creedal confession, out of the Apostles' Creed. Very special one indeed. We'll be reading from Romans 6, verses 15 to 23, which is especially being used for the latter portion of our sermon this morning as we talk about our relationship to the Lord. We read from verses 15 to 23. What then are we to what then are we to sin because we're not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you, were, you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of these things, those things, it's death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That passage ends as Lord's Day 13 ends, as it focuses on confession that we make of Christ as our Lord. We read questions 33 and 34, back of the blue hymnal, it's page 20, if you want to follow along. First question there gets asked in question 33, why is he called God's only begotten Son when we also are God's children? Because, says the answer, Christ alone is the eternal natural Son of God. We, however are adopted children of God, adopted by grace through Christ. Question 34 asks, why do you call him our Lord? And the answer, because 
Not with gold or silver, but with His precious blood, He has set us free from sin and from the tyranny of the devil and has bought us body and soul to be His very own. We do pray that God's truth and His gospel may be a blessing to us this morning. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, we all seem to enjoy what's special. We look forward to it. Special occasions can spawn fond memories. It reminds us of other times that we've celebrated these special times. And they make life joyful to remember them. There's special people in our lives, past and present, that mean a great deal to us and have done so much for us. We say they stand out. We say they're special people. And yet not everything's special. It's like the use of the word awesome, right? You're, uh, you're sitting in a grocery store and you give exact change and the person, the cashier, says awesome. Well, I don't know if that's really awesome. Right? But we use that word a lot, and we, use, we tend to use special a lot, too, which is odd, given that special is talking about things that aren't ordinary. I mean, if everything was special, then nothing would be. But as we see so often, there is truly something special about Jesus Christ. And in faith, we come to see how special He is and how special He is to us so that in turn, that we, what we want to do, of course, is to honor Him. The very profession that we make of God the Son is a testament of how special Jesus Christ is. It's, of course, part of the Apostles' Creed. And the Apostles' Creed, if you're looking for a special way of living, if you're looking for a special credo, if you're looking for a special way of, of living out your life in trust, you can't find any greater place than in making your profession in the triune God because He is special in who He is and what He does. As Jesus, as we think about Him and we think about how special Jesus Christ is, we confess Him as the one alone who can save us from our sin. That's special. We finished up just looking at Lord's Day 12 and the Apostles' Creed confessing that Jesus is the Christ, the chief prophet, the only high priest, the everlasting king. Who else can be those things? He's special. He's worthy of honor in those capacities. He's worthy of the honor of our ultimate trust. His humiliation and his exaltation. Who can speak of a greater humiliation or exaltation than he received? These things are special when it comes to Christ. And there's also something special about him being God's only begotten Son, and then our Lord. 
in all of these things, God's Son is worthy of our trust, worthy of our praise, worthy of our honor. And so this morning, again, we focus our calling to honor Christ, at least this time, on the fact that He is God's only begotten Son and also our Lord. And we do that by way of three relationships that we can consider. The relationship of Christ with the Father, ours with the Father in Christ, and ours with the Son, particularly as we confess Him to be our Lord. So we start with Christ's relationship with the Father. As you're thinking about, why do I honor Christ? Why be committed to Him? Why give Him such unique praise? Well, Christ deserves that. Christ deserves our honor that way. First of all, by how different He is from us. We make the confession that we confess Him as, our, as God's only begotten Son, recognizing that there is something special about that relationship between the Father and the Son since Christ is the only begotten Son of God. And it's why we state that Christ is alone the eternal, natural Son of God. So when we speak that way, we are recognizing on one level that, that there's only one Son of God, and that is God the Son. Perhaps one, well, it's one of the most familiar verses in Scripture. John 3.16 recognizes that special bond that the Father has with the Son when it says, that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe on Him would not perish but have everlasting life. The Son's relationship to God the Father has an element to it that distinguishes it from all others. Others are created. Other things are created. But the Son is different. The Son is the Word who was with God and is God. Jesus would tell Mary Magdalene, do not hold me, for I have to go to my Father and your Father, my God and your God, because the Son truly does have a special relationship with God the Father. God the Son has an everlasting relationship with the Father. It has to be that way. In the beginning, the Word, the word was with God. Nobody else could say that. That's what makes their relationship special. Creation has its beginning, but the bond that the Son has with the Father is everlasting. And, and as creatures which, who are finite and are limited in our understanding to try to plumb the depths of that bond cannot be done except to be able to say that the bond that, that they have is beyond tracing out. It, it's it's part of the wonder. It's part of why we honor Him. It goes to show how deeply, too, that God loved His creation to restore it and those who belong to Him in Christ that He gave His Son for it and for them. You couldn't give a greater gift. You cannot when one, like God the Father, doesn't spare His Son. 
And he shows then, as he does not spare his son, that he will spare nothing for those he loves in Christ. A, 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 a tremendous consolation, but in turn, a tremendous motivation then to honor this son. Nothing more precious could be given, but then again, nothing less precious could accomplish what Jesus Christ accomplishes. He is special. So certainly we honor Christ for many things, but part of why we honor him is that he's so different from us, divinely so. And those who by grace come to appreciate that they were created to worship God, that's why we were created. It was for his glory. Include Christ in that worship then. Because he's God the Son. Praising Christ that way is exactly what Thomas did in John 20 when he saw Christ, the resurrected Christ, and he declared, my Lord and my God. Now we didn't see him physically that way, but Jesus would tell us and told Thomas, because you saw me, you believe, but blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe, and who would make that same testimony of honor that the Lord, Jesus Christ, is their Lord and their God. And so we honor Christ then in all things, certainly when we come together here from week to week, because of his unique relationship to the Father as Son of God. But we also honor him because of the relationship that he wins for us when we're Christians so that we can share a relationship with the Father as children of God with him. And that's our second point here. When, our, when we're Christians, the very differences between us and Christ as God the Son move us to praise Him, not just because we're human and He's divine, but also on a spiritual and gracious plane, we differ from Christ as God the Son because of His natural bond to the Father and our adopted bond to the Father. That's also different. But there's actually a pleasant paradox between the relationship that the Son has with the Father and the relationship that we have with God the Father through Jesus Christ. Because while there is a definite difference between our relationship with the Father in the sense that Jesus Christ is the natural Son of God uniquely and solely, yet with Christ and in Christ, we can confess to be bonded in the Father as his children in a relationship that really resembles the relationship that the Son of God has with the Father. Of course, our relationship with the Father is distinct from the relationship that God the Son has with the Father. His is natural and eternal. Ours is adopted, realized in time, graciously produced, because it's through Jesus Christ alone that we find the way to the Father. Nobody comes to the Father except by Him. 
And that in itself, of course, is another reason why we honor the Son. Not only because He is the Son, but also because of His work on our behalf as the Son. Because through Him, we are no longer children of wrath without hope in the world. Because by Christ, we become children of God and adopted into his family. And so while we honor the Son because of his unique relationship with the Father, we also honor the Son because through his work and through faith, we share in that relationship with the Father. And that is remarkable. It's no wonder that we bring praise to God when we dwell on that and praise to the Son. We honor the Son then both because He is uniquely different from us but also because of His unique work for us by which we are treated by the Father in the same way that the Father treats the Son. Graciously for the Son's sake, to be sure, certainly not for our own sake, but similarly nonetheless. The Son then is honored for both how different he is to us as the natural Son of God, but also for allowing us by grace to share in the bond that he has with God the Father. Differences here, but similarities also. First John 2.23 tells us, no one who denies the Son has the Father, but whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. That's why you can sing, it is well with your soul then, you see. Christ truly is a special person who deserves the time of our honoring Him as God the Son, and because he makes us children of the Heavenly Father also as God the Son. Ultimate trust and honor are reserved for special persons. And Jesus Christ, as the Son of God, deserves that from us. But he's also a special person whom we call our Lord. Not one of many lords, not a Lord now and then, but our Lord, period. He's God's Son specially, but we're also called to confess Him as Lord specially. We can call Him our Lord for various reasons, but two reasons that the Catechism gives in response to Scripture is because He frees us and owns us. He frees us from sin and the tyranny of, of the devil, not by silver and gold, but by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a truly special trait of the Lord. And that's worthy of honor. It's often what natural man values that's considered special, isn't it? And even in our day, silver and gold and those who have it are viewed as special. 
the values. The well-to-do are often measured as the special people in the world. It wasn't that long, a couple days ago I heard online or maybe on the radio, and they were talking, I don't even remember who they were talking about, but they were talking about some person that had dropped out of the top ten of the most wealthiest people in the world. And it would be interesting if you went through that top ten of those who are wealthy, there may be some of those who you wouldn't know, but there would be other ones that you would know, or somebody else would know, or a lot of people would know, because the world often measures what's worthy and what's special by what you got, by what you own, by what you have that others don't. And they're the special people in the world, and they're the ones that are worth envying. They're the ones worth, worthy of aspiration. They're worthy of people's attention, good or bad, because they have what you don't. But the Christian confession on value keeps the value that natural man views in perspective. And, and we need to do that, don't we? You can be wealthy beyond compare simply because spiritual liberation is yours through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Never mind what somebody else might have. And, and if, you, if you have that mentality, never mind what somebody else might have, what, what an effect that would have on your contentment, right? Well, our passage touches on that. In the first half of Romans 6, Paul is stating that the boundless grace of God in Christ doesn't free us to sin, but frees us from sin. But now he hits the same subject from the flip side, and he states that God's grace doesn't allow us uh, to be free to sin, but to be transferred into a whole new slavery. From sin to righteousness. Before, we were under the law, he says, which meant we were under obligation to the law to save ourselves. And that was slavery because we couldn't carry that out as slaves to sin. And since we are slaves to sin, we cannot save ourselves. We don't have the ability to do the right, and that leaves us in a vicious circle. You know, we've heard about those vicious circles. Sometimes we call them catch-22s. People get caught in these vicious circles. When they wish they could do something well, but they don't have the time to get better at them. Someone might want to be a good golfer, but he doesn't go out very often. Why doesn't he go out very often? Well, he doesn't go out very often because when he does go out, he doesn't do well when he golfs. And as long as you stay in that circle, you're not going to improve. You're in a vicious circle. Well, when we're slaves to sin, the circle's even more vicious. Because if we remain in the circle, things just get worse. Paul says that our sin and lawlessness leads to lawlessness that leads to death. 
And we know that from experience as well. If we've done something wrong and then we lie about it, we find that two wrongs don't make a right, and it just makes more trouble for us and more wrong. And we've drilled a deeper hole for ourselves, and we try to crawl out of the hole by digging with a shovel. And we just become more enslaved to our sin and our bad habits. And we know that as well. When we lie or when we cheat, I mean, the first time we may be a bit ashamed. You know, or take any commandment of the Lord that way. But then the second and third time, it's not so hard, and we get comfortable in it. We become accustomed to it. And it's no longer strange to us. In fact, we might have gotten better at doing it and our conscience gets seared and we get to the point that we actually think that it's okay. Bad habits can do that to us. It seems like the right thing to do. Sin leads to sin. Sin after sin leads to a more destructive and enslaved pattern. The word says that on a spiritual plane, you and I are governed by one master or another spiritually. If we're enslaved to sin, we cannot save ourselves. It's wage, it's death. We cannot do what is right. We're in a vicious circle, which we cannot escape on our own. It only bears fruit that's shameful, says Paul. We're slaves to sin. But, says Paul, that's what you Roman Christians were freed from, he says. And now you've got a new master. And you've got a new outcome. And you have a new means to that outcome. Thanks be to God, he says, that that's so. Thanks to his grace. He's given you a new pattern to live by. He's given you a new power by which to live. And that's what grace does. Because grace doesn't just save you. It empowers you. And it empowers you to do the right. And it takes you from the vicious circle to the virtuous circle. And how do you get there? It, it starts with grace. It starts by acknowledging that you can't get there on your own. You can't do it on your own. That that's impossible on your own. It starts by acknowledging the Lord Jesus as your liberator. My Lord. This has had and has to be the starting point for everyone here and everybody listening. Because only then can there be a new master. And Paul says it's like being brought from one master to another master. It's, he says to Christians, thank God that you've made that conversion. You've professed that faith. And you're not slaves to sin anymore. But then he says that we have to be what we claim to be. Because if we're no longer slaves to sin, then we're slaves to God. We're slaves to righteousness. We're slaves to obedience. We used to be free from righteousness, and now we're free for righteousness. Be what you claim to be. Because Christ not only freed you, he owns you. And that's a special ownership of protection and provision. 
And it sure beats the alternative of being enslaved to sin. But at the same time, those who know this grace are called away from spiritual laziness and apathy because they're now the Lord's. We're called to the same singleness of mind that moved us when we were slaves to sin, says Paul. Present, he says, your members, present every part of you, in other words, and all that you are to this special focus, the Lordship of Jesus Christ the righteousness to which he has called you so that you will not be shameful but fruitful, holy, more and more sanctified, more desirous as life goes on to please your Lord. Because that's what grace does, you see. It empowers that way. It, it, it puts us on that virtuous circle. It strengthens that way. As we've been touched by his grace unto salvation, we're touched unto righteousness slavery, the ability to do right, and all the more that we do it, the more we want to do it. Because if sin leads to sin, then righteousness leads to righteousness. You know, the more you love your wife, if you're married, or the more that you love your husband, the more you want to love her, the more you want to love him. The more that you love your children, the more that you want to commit yourself to directing them, the more you'll love them, the more you'll want to direct them. The more you want to do your work for the Lord and not merely for man, then the more you want to work for Him. The more that you want to show, or the more you show kindness to people, the more you want to do it. The more you make use of all your members, mind, soul, body, for the Lord, and say, I, it's not just this piece or that piece, but it's a full commitment, the, the more you want to do it. And the reason is because you've been freed to become a slave. It's because Christ is your Lord. He's special to you because He bought you with a special price. He's freed you. He owns you. And when we've known Christ, we have that special relationship with Him like no other. And that's why we honor Him alone as Lord. It's a special bond. My friends, when we confess Christ as the only begotten Son of God and our Lord, we're called to do that in honor. And that's because of His special relationship with the Father and the special relationship we can have with the Father through Him. And as the one who has freed us with His special blood so that we can belong to Him and no other. It's a special bond of lordship protected by him but also serving him as slaves to righteousness you want a special life there it is you want a reason to praise the son there it is whether it is as God's son 
then, or as our Lord, Christ especially. And whether it has to do with our worship, our work, or our words, you and I are called to honor him for the special person that he is. And if he's that special person to you, that's the honor you want to give him. Amen. Let's take a moment to respond in prayer. Father, we are grateful that you are with such a remarkable God and Father in heaven that you gave your special son to do what only he could do to bring restoration to your people and a new creation. Your you are special, your son is special, and may we find ourselves then as we make the good confession about God triune, that we may do so as those who want to honor you in that profession, in our praise, in our practice, in our prayers, in our lives. But as we focus our attention on Jesus Christ, God the Son, our Lord, and how special he is to you, especially he is to us. It's a reminder, we pray, it may be an enlightenment to us of what the special life is and why it is that God the Son deserves our praise. May that be so, Father, in our worship, our words, our work, because Jesus Christ is truly a special person. We pray in Christ's name.